0: judgment day has arrived the prophecy has been fulfilled the rebuild can officially begin with will levis at the helm it's go time folks buckle up sammy start me up
1: turn up your volume
0: because you're about
1: to listen to The Sick Podcast. The sick podcast. Talking Titans.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans! He is the baddest man in the NFL! And he just took her to the house!
1: The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. he's It's gonna be Sick.
0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a live edition of the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. If you don't know what's been going on, well, you might be living under a rock because uh, some big news was handed down from the big brass of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, specifically Amy Adams Shrunk. And uh, I can say um, with pride that once again, she's come through. She's shown us that this is a no-nonsense organization, and there's been a lot of nonsense going on over the past 24 uh, months, and we're going to get into all of it. Um, we have a guest to bring on today, fellow correspondent of the Titans, uh, at least on our end and the fan end, our good friend Jake Robertson. Jake, welcome on in. Instant reaction, my friend. Let's just jump right into it, my guy. First off, actually, how are you doing today? and How's your new year been going? It's a good year so far, and I I think it got a little bit
1: better today. Um, Just hopping into it. I mean, regardless if you liked, loved, or hated Mike Brabel, this is a fresh start. It's going to be exciting regardless of whoever they bring in. And I'm sure whoever they bring in, if you like them or not, we're going to put on those two-tone blue glasses, and I'm sure we're going to
0: learn to love them, and we're going to shoot for those expectations, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before, I, I mean, let's just, Jared, I'm going to give you the floor right now before we ask uh, Jake a few questions more in detail on the situation. My man, how are you feeling right now? I, I'm sure, I'm sure you're going through it right now. Initial reaction to what took place just a few hours ago. He is looking
2: a little extra red tonight.
3: I just got out of the shower, so it's all good with the okay. face. But listen, initial reaction, I mean, you guys can bust my balls all you want. I mean, I was the advocate for Mike Vrabel to stay on this team. Um, there's a lot of advocates around the NFL you've seen today, Taylor Lewan, obviously um, RG3. a lot of people in the NFL circles believe that Rabel is a very good coach. I was one of them and I'm so were you guys at one time. Um, it didn't work out. Uh, I mean, we saw the writing on the wall seven and 18 in his last 25 games. Um, the roster was not really good. Uh, player development a little bit was pretty good. I mean, would I want Rabel still as a coach? possibly I don't know because I don't know what is going to happen next and it, and what I got out of that press conference from um ran today was he kind of was variables guy he it, it put it put to, to rest that your theory that they were clashing, um, Will Levis and Mike Vrabel don't like each other, Rand Ran, and, and Karkon don't like each other. You know, there's there's bad chemistry in the building. Rand kind of put that to bed and said this was all on Miss Amy and ownership. She heard the fans. She was sick of seeing the same old Titans the last two years in a row with the injuries, the poor play, and the offensive staff. With with the Also what she was saying was with his coaching selection too, and Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons. Hey, Sammy, we, do we have that graphic of Jeffrey Simmons' tweet, by the way? because this is a key thing into it all. I mean, because if he focused more on defense versus um, the offense with the offense staff and bringing his guys in and it really didn't work out, I, I mean, I'm all out on Brable, but I wasn't at the time. So, I mean, initially I was shocked, but uh, brighter days are ahead, just like Jake said, so we'll see what happens, man.
2: I think that's yet to be seen, whether the days ahead are brighter or darker. Um, yeah. We're, we're first, sick. yeah. First, let's let's give the man his flowers. He was part of the culture change here, it, and I tweeted something earlier. It's okay to be upset that he was fired because of what he did. He was a big part of the culture change, similar to what Dan Campbell did in Detroit the first few years there. Multiple uh, division titles back to back. We hadn't done that in a long time. An AFC title game, a one seed was a lot of it um, on the shoulders of a prime Derrick Henry. Sure. But Vrabel was part of the culture chain. So it's okay to be sad that he's gone. It's also okay to be excited for what's to come because, like Jake alluded to earlier, we're gonna rally around whoever they hire, and we'll be, you know, rooting for him for the time being until you know his first few um, bad games, and then Sal will be calling for his head too. No, <laughs> I will not. But, but okay. I I um I was not, I was one of those guys who was in between really. I didn't think he was gonna get fired. Um, There was all this speculation at the end of the year that, you know, it seemed like his job was safe, but we can now conclude that anything Diana Rossini tweets about the Titans, we can now assume the opposite because everything she says, it seems like the opposite happens. Not no digs at her, but she made it seem like all was, you know, fine and dandy um, in Nashville and that wasn't the case. So we'll see what happens. I, I am a... I have to say I'm a bit surprised. I didn't think he was going to go, but the fact that he is gone, it is what it is. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. and the last two years, he hasn't done much for us. Um, you know, Bringing in his own buddies, I think, was you know a poor decision on his side. Um, he might have thought, though, that those could have been the guys to get the job done. Um, going forward, we'll see which direction we go. I watched the Mike Keith interview with Amy, and she didn't necessarily say, yeah, we're going to go all-in on a defensive guy. She said – they need to focus on all three phases because this was a team where there wasn't just one issue on one side of the ball. There was multiple issues on every side of the ball. So who knows um, who will who will hire. I'm sure we'll jump into that earlier. But, Sal, I, I want to, you know, not correct you about what you said about Miss Amy, you know, not being no-nonsense. She hired all these people who brought in these people, okay? So saying she's no-nonsense is kind of like – Taking credit for putting out a fire, but you started the fire. Okay, so she needs to get this next hire correct because I'm not going to say this was, you know, she's no nonsense. She's this, she's that. She hired these people, you know, so the results were what they were. So she's partly responsible for it as well. So um, I wanted, yeah, well, I wanted to put that out there as well. I like Miss Amy until she took over the team. We were in the darkest depths of the, uh, the best. Team. Hey, Jake, get your dog, Jake. <laughs> um, So we'll see. I'll tell you what, though. We need to get it right this time around. We need to get this whole offseason right. We need to get yeah. the coaching hire right, the free agency signings right, and the draft right. Because if we don't, we will be what the Cleveland Browns were for a long time. We will be what, what, we, were. what we were for a long time before we got ourselves out of this. Um. So I said my piece. It is what it is. I, I, I wish Rabel nothing but the best unless he ends up in Philly and really cries the ruin my life with, you know, Bayard and A.J. Brown and Mario and, and whoever else they want to bring in from Tennessee. But, you know, he'll be unemployed for a few minutes. I'm curious to see where he lands. I wish him nothing but the best. Thankful for him, but also excited to see what, what the future holds because I think with the hiring of Rand Carthon last year, and the guys that he drafted, I think he wants to revolutionize what this franchise has done for a long time, which was a run heavy type team. I think he wants to pass the ball. We have a young gunslinger quarterback. So I think we're turning the page on a new chapter of Titans football. So yeah, well, I'd like to say I think Amy
0: Adam Schunk is about the only person, it's an entire organization that takes responsibility for anything that goes wrong. And I think that needs to be said. Um, you know, she's the one that makes the ultimate decisions. And when things go wrong, uh, yeah, she's part of the people. She's part of the reason these people are coming in. But she's also taken ownership of when things are not going right for an extended period of time. It's not time to double down and continue to just be okay with mediocrity. It's time to turn the page, and we got to give her a double down on Todd that.
2: Downing for a second year.
0: That wasn't her decision. She allowed she, she allowed Mike Vrabel to be the head coach of the team, and that took its toll. So, Jake, I want to ask you way too early candidates uh I know you, you know you're you're a student of, of the game of football I know you know a lot of people in the league um you know if you were Rand Carthon you had the decision who's the first few guys you would uh, interview the first guy I think he's gonna be calling up is Bobby Slovic
1: at the Texans um coming off a great great years his only years in OC um they've got that that Shanahan connection from when they were San Fran and I mean, this is a guy that's innovative. He's part of PFF there for a little while. And then PFF, is, it is what it is. I'm not going to say it's great or it's not. But it is at least analytically driven. And we know that's that's one of bu- uh, Rand's buzzwords. And we get to see some of these these speedsters in his offense with guys like Tank Dell, these guys that we would never see on the field with Brable as a coach. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's a shot in the dark. And that's probably my leading candidate, uh, followed by – Probably Ben Johnson at the Detroit Lions. Um, I mean, just a great OC. He, he's done done a lot, but, I mean, he's also got the best offensive line probably in football. So these are two young guys that I really like. And then you can hop into, like, Cincinnati with Brian Callahan. I mean, we see him turning Jake Browning into almost an MVP candidate down the stretch. And he's, he's coached guys up like Joe Burrow, Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow in these last couple of seasons. And had great we need with Derek to, Carr to, to Yeah, yeah, great with Derek Carr. He got to spend some time with Stafford, if I remember right, in Detroit. Um, just a great quarterbacks coach. And we've we got to build around Levis. That's that's first and foremost. Um, you can throw guys in there like Jim Harwell, and I think we'd all love to see that happen. Um, But if if we all remember when he was with San Fran, he had that, that feud with Trent Baalke, who was the GM at the time and forced his way out of San Fran to, to go to Michigan. And it's turned out pretty well for him. So to bring him back to the NFL, I think is going to be a stretch. It's, it's possible, but I, I, if I was him and I see this, this position, I mean, it's probably just not for me. Um, And then, Kind of like those dark horse candidates, um, Brian Johnson, that got all the buzz last season over in Philadelphia. And uh, I mean that this just a good quarterbacks coach. That's what I'm looking for. I want to get a younger coach. That's 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 what it is. All of these guys, are, other than Jim, are are below forty. And we 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 gotta we gotta do something new. We gotta be innovative. I don't want the same shit that we've seen for the last six years with Braple. And I, 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 it's a shot in the dark with any head coaching hire, but I want to get the next Kyle Shanahan. I, I, I want to get the next offensive
2: guru. McVay.
1: Yeah, Sean Mc. You want the Sean, next Sean McVay. That's a good one. So that's where I'm at on it. But uh, the Slovak. That that this just makes too much sense to me at this point in time. I think that's going to be the first guy in the phone. Yeah, yeah, I think
3: you're kind of right with that, especially you know with the ties that that go back to San Francisco and everything. And and he is a young guy. I kind of want a young guy too, as well with the and the innovation with a lot of motions. You know, with the speedsters, bring everybody in. Um, but other guys I have on, on on the back of my mind, I have a really really dark horse, and then I have another guy with with um with uh, Todd Munkin from um, the Baltimore Ravens, an offense coordinator. He came from Georgia. He had a really good offense in Georgia, really good offensive transition to help Lamar Jackson be possibly the MVP favorite um, this year. But uh, another dark horse, I don't know if he would leave college, and I'm not going Lincoln Riley here. I'm going Steve Sarkeesian out of Texas. Steve Sarkeesian is like an offensive guru. There's a lot of motions with him. Um, speed offense, a Temple kind of offense where we all kind of want to see that. So, I mean, that's just another two that I would throw in the ring over there. But um, I have to agree with you on the Slovak thing. But I know there's going to be other dark horses. What about like Eric uh Bien-Ami out of Washington? Do you think they give him a shot? Does he get his actually real shot at a head coach job right now? What do you guys see in that?
1: Yeah, uh, Eric Bieniemy is, is is a great candidate, and I think it would have been better last season than it is this season. There was a lot of reports that kind of came out of Washington this year that he wasn't get along with with players or or his other coaches. Um, but and then, then his head coach Riverboat Ron just got fired. I mean, we're, we're trying to pick up pieces from an already burning organization. But with his time in Kansas City, we saw that development of Patrick Mahomes and stuff. And maybe, maybe he's just not the play caller. Yeah. Maybe he's this offensive. He's Mike Grable. He's not going to play call any plays. He's just going to sit back and hey, my coaches are going to coach, and that's what it's going to be. And that that might be the best route. But Eric and uh, yeah, I mean that's that I
2: I'd be fine with that hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think enemy might be a guy that they might hire internally. I think he might have took that job in Washington um, with the thought that the head coaching job could open up, which it did. So maybe that's a, a job that he gets in Washington. I mean, he made Sam Howell look, look pretty competent for you know a, a greater part of the year. So my question is for you, Jake. Though, do you foresee other coaching uh, changes being made to this staff? We know Vrabel's now gone. Do you see all his buddies? being gone you know do you see that following suit do you think miss amy and rang clear house and we bring in a whole new um organ uh whole new staff uh to get rid of maybe any kind of rabble loyalty that's in that locker room you know to maybe eliminate any sort of dissension
1: yeah, so said in his press conference, he'll bring in the new head coach and then he'll be able to interview these, these already in-house coaches and then they can make a decision. But I think that's just – that's coach speak. The eviction yeah. notices are on all of these guys' doors. Everybody is going to be gone. With Mike Grable, he's going to get a new job. He's going to want his his guys. He's going to bring in the Shane Bowens and the Tim Kellys. We don't even have to worry about them. And in my opinion, I think that's going to make everybody – and the fandom, as well as the coaching staff, as it's brought in, very happy. And then let's get John Robinson's guides out of there as well. There's no – burn all the bridges, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jake, before, yeah. Let, before we let you go, uh, last question for you. Um, you're going into draft night. What position are you putting higher on the pedestal uh, for our first-round target? Would you say wide receiver or would you say offensive line?
1: It's, it's got to be tackle. Gotta be left tackle. Um, there are the cases may Marvin Harrison will not fall to us. But if it did, maybe there's a laramie Tunsil situation. You got you gotta take the best failure available at that point. But this draft is very much different from last season's. The talents pool is much deeper at both positions. We're gonna be able to get a left tackle in the first, we're gonna be able to get a still for a second-round wide receiver. And then on top of that, we've got all this money to burn. So in my opinion, you're always going with best player available and you're building – you're filling your holes through free agency.
2: But Hypothetically speaking, Jake, if both tackles are gone at seven, which is a distinct possibility, do you go with that other tackle for Bama? Or if both tackles are gone, that might lead you to believe uh, Neighbors is there. Um, if both tackles are gone to play devil's advocate, what do you see – their move being trading back um, because it is a deep draft at a lot of different positions? Or do you think they take best player available, Malik Neighbors, or whoever it may be?
1: I'm always team trade back, no matter what. But the problem with that is, is you have to have somebody that's willing to trade up, and who are they trading up for? So Brock Bowers, Malik Neighbors, those are probably the two standouts that would be still left on the board at that point. Um, you could throw a in there as well, and I'd be perfectly fine with any of those three. Um, Brock Bowers is a tight end, but he's a receiver, we, and that's what the Titans need at this point. So I'm not going the J.C. Latham route, and I think that would have been a very much Mike Vrabel-esque pick. He's a great tackle, and I think he's in that same realm as a Joe Walt, uh, and I have Fashanu above both of them but uh i'd be i'd be fine with it but it would not excite me
0: fair enough yeah yeah well i mean time's going to time will tell uh it, it seems very apparent that the hiring process is going to start uh hitting the ground running um and i'm sure we're going to have a ton of things to talk about throughout that time frame as well so um you know it's it's an exciting time for the titans um, we need everyone on board and, uh, you know, that's just going to be, it's going to take one step at a time. And the first dominoes falling; now all, all need to, to come after that. So it's going to be, be simple as that, but, uh, Jake, I want to well, genuinely, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Appreciate you stopping in on such an important show for us. Uh, I'm sure as the big news continues to come in, uh, we'll definitely have you back on to share thoughts on some of the other things that take place. Throughout this offseason, but uh it's always a pleasure to have you on with us. Hey,
1: it's always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you guys on online and yeah, check me out on Twitter at Glory Day Sports, and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Absolutely. Jake, thanks so much for joining <laughs> tonight. Have a go on, buddy. All right, man. You guys do. It's gonna be Jake Robertson. You- content's fantastic. We appreciate him uh joining the show. Uh yeah, man. I mean, listen, <laughs> uh th- th- this 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 soon was a little shocking, even
2: even for me. I I, I, thought, it was I thought it was gonna come in the next few days.
0: I,
3: I mean, the, I, I was on the wall when you really think about it. When the head coach is supposed to come to the podium on Monday, like we said on Sunday, Black Monday, it, it was gonna be turmoil in the NFL. He didn't come to the podium. That's when I said, you know what? Maybe stuff is being said that is possibly true, but we know that it, all the button of the heads is not true. But Amy really had a decision to make on her hand because, like I said. We have a we have a uh, new stadium, brand new, sexy stadium that's coming in twenty twenty seven. So she wants to get this shit right before she starts putting asses in that
0: seat in twenty twenty seven. I don't know, Jared. It sounds as if this was uh, what you thought was in the cards from the start. Now I'm not, I mean, I'm not I'm, gonna lie.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm. Hey, hey, hey and, and there's like Vinny, like Vinny said today. You can you can hate it and you can love it either way. I'm I'm rolling. This truck is still rolling. I'm a I'm a Tennessee Titan fan. I'm doing a podcast with the three. I know boys, you are, man. Boys. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying you, I'm saying in general, like the the, the, the Vrabel meat-eater comments that I was getting, I don't care. I'm supporting the head coach. The thing that scares me now is when you hear ex-players and NFL people in the NFL saying Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach, the Tennessee Titans screwed up in this. Now we're searching for a young head coach that we all want to see in in, in this role for the right. Tennessee Titans to be an These innovative to be an innovative head coach, now we we have built a, a culture in our locker room. We have a strong culture and a nuclear, uh you know, a nucleus in that locker room. Now you're going to bring a new head coach in, a young head coach in. Will he get that same respect like Vrabel did?
0: He didn't get that much respect though. Not towards the end, he did. And first of all, you keep bringing up these people that aren't even part of the organization. They don't watch the Titans as much as we do. Okay, but For there's. Much- there's-
2: played there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Ruan well, okay. said it was a mistake. We these, saw are guys, Henry. these are we guys. These are guys. Saw Henry. That's his coach. His whole career. We saw Henry, coach, we, we saw Henry oh, say it was so a fine. mistake. And listen, we don't know who – there's no right and wrong, Sal. Just because you wanted him fired and he got fired don't make you right. Just because Jared wanted to keep him and they fired him don't make him wrong. We will see in a – by the end of Will Levis' rookie deal, we will know whether this was the right decision or not. Because this head coach, if we go 3-14 and 14 next year, he's going to come back next year. Because you can't have a revolving door of coaches and coordinators. So whoever they bring in at the coaching position, at the coordinator position, if it isn't right by the end of Will Levis's contract, forget about it. We need to tear it down. We need to sell the fucking team to our boys up in Canada over there. Because if we don't get this next decision right, the grass isn't always greener
0: don't you know, know but- we'll, we'll
2: see what it's like in the next year, two, three years.
0: What are we missing right now? Like, wh- what are we expecting to get next year if
2: Rabel was still coached that we're not getting now? I think, what coordinators- have, I think what people might have wanted was a full offseason with Rand Carthon with the cap space and the high draft pick to see what they could do together in one full year with everything in their arsenal, the money, the draft picks. I think that's what some people wanted to see. And that's why I think some people think this move was a little premature. I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm not saying it's the wrong move. I'm saying we will see this time next year and two years from now, what it looks like and what Vrabel's situation is looking like, What what he turns his next team into. Then we'll be able to tell if this was the right move or not. But I'm telling you people's, People's reservations about this move was because they thought it would have been fair to Vrabel considering what he did for this franchise since he came in to give him a shot with one full offseason with Rand, the cap space, and the draft capital. That's well, let all me just I'm explain, let me To just be fair say, to Vrabel, I think let me that just is.
0: explain to everyone again the series of events that's taken place over the past 24 months, okay? Seriously, I, I, I it blows my mind that we continue to just forget things that transpired and we just continue to lean on injuries 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 okay we had the number one seed in the AFC while at the same time dealing with the coordinator that a lot of the fans were wishy-washy about but since we were able to still win and took advantage of a conference that wasn't as great as everyone thought was going to be at the beginning of the year we got the number one seed we got the bye week okay and at that point We allowed that coordinator to call one of the worst games of this franchise's history. At that point, we brought him back, okay? We brought him back again. And then we won some games in the beginning. Things looked like they might have been shaping up, and then we had a historic downfall. Seven-game losing streak allowing Jacksonville to come all the way back and take a home playoff game, okay? We fired that coordinator, We fired that general manager because apparently the general manager is one of the main reasons why the team was failing. It had nothing to do with the fact that our coach wasn't doing enough to get the best out of his players. It was only injuries. It was only J-Rob's fault. That was it. Okay. Now this year, we are a six-win team. And and, uh, apparently, because he won coach of the year and brought a team... And, and had one season
2: with with a playoff win by the way. multiple wins in the playoffs though. but one season on the on the, on the road. one back division titles
0: one season in which he won a playoff game. okay And we are acting like he is in a class of coach like the, of the likes of Mike Tomlin, uh John Harbaugh. Uh, even guys like, you know, uh, just uh, all the top elite coach were acting like he's in the same breath as them. And it, it, it's mind-blowing. He's I, done I, nothing. I'm going to take a, a thing at Iran's uh, press conference. Yes,
3: he did say that, you know, this team was hindered. And, and he did say in the press conference that this team was hindered by injuries, a lot of injuries. You can't win football games with injuries. The last two years and
0: three years. Baltimore we, can no, do it. Pittsburgh can do it. The Lions can do it. The Lions had a lot of injuries this year. How many wins did they end yeah, up with? Offensive lines in the league. I, I'm just teams have injuries, of course. That, but look, look, and the
3: cohesiveness on the offensive line, like like Rand said in, the, in his press conference too, we, they don't have that gel yet, and they're searching for that. And I think they're going to hopefully do with the cap space, the top ten pick, and everything else. Vin, you brought up Will Levis before. Do you guys know that this is this is going to be Will Levis' fourth year in a new offense? Four years in a row, he has a new offensive coordinator dating back to college. Four years. What is that going to do for a young quarterback too, as well? So it's this not
2: going to make it easier. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a hurdle for him.
0: Yeah. Let's not that, forget Vrabel's Vrabel. If it, it, Vrabel didn't even want him to play this year. If it wasn't for the Tannehill injury and the the Malik Willis catastrophe, this kid would have never seen the field this year. That was another bailout that Tannehill got hurt and Willis was a joke. He would have never, if Malik Willis did anything, anything that wasn't the catastrophe against the Seahawks, he would have played the rest of the year. Levis would have never seen the field, and he was hands down the best quarterback on the team. We don't,
2: we don't, we don't, we don't. That's that's hearsay because if this team not
0: hearsay,
2: yes, it is because if he continued to struggle, there's no reason why they wouldn't have fucking benched him. How do you know they wouldn't have benched him if they kept losing and losing and losing and losing and gave this kid five weeks at the end of the year to get it going? You don't know that. You're arguing to a point that isn't valid because you don't know that didn't happen. What do you mean it didn't happen? Tannehill I'm, got hurt I'm, I'm and then Levis came Tannehill in. Tannehill didn't get hurt, and we don't know if Levis would have came in because we don't know if they would have benched him if it got worse and worse and worse. So to say he never would have saw the field isn't fair because we don't know if Tannehill would have been bad enough to the point where okay. the last five or six weeks they would have pulled him. So you're saying what would have had to have happened
0: is Tannehill would have had to have been so bad probably, would had to have been benched without being hurt And at that point, they still had Malik as the number two. So then he would have came in as a starter and had to have been that bad as a starter. And then Will Levis would have came in the game. That is egregious. They know that is egregious. I don't
2: know what's egregious because, first off, we're pulling shit out of thin air. We don't know what the situation would have been. Maybe your girl Miss Amy could have pulled the strings a little earlier because she owns the fucking team and could have said, I want Will Levis in there. Forget what Rand says. Forget what Rabel says. I want this kid in there. Okay. If she
0: did do that.
2: That that's that's a problem. Cause that means our head coach was being petty. Yeah, I know, but you were giving Miss Amy props earlier for being no nonsense. That would have been a no nonsense move to go above your GM's head, to go above your head coach's head and say, we picked this kid in the second round. Maybe around. she we, did do we that. Traded, we don't we know traded. that. Okay, so maybe we'll get her on here and see what she has to say. No, they definitely not do that. You just, you just, you just, you just that contradicted
0: yourself. How did right? I
2: just contradict myself?
0: Because you said, well, uh, w- maybe Amy
2: went over the top and said, uh, how about we start the kid? I'm well, saying she maybe she that. would have. Maybe she would have because you were throwing out the scenario. It would have been Tannehill for 10 games, and it would have been Malik for one game, and then maybe they would have put it. I'm not. Or maybe I'm not after four weeks though, of Tannehill – looking like fucking dog shit. Man, I'm not going to this put her up, foot down though. and said, I want Will Levis to start.
0: These are facts. These are things that took place. It was Tannehill,
2: Willis, Levis. I'm I know but what I'm up. saying is had Tannehill not gotten hurt and he stayed healthy and he played like shit. We don't know what could have happened if they would have pulled him two weeks later or earlier than they would have. You, you don't know. All I know is if Tannehill didn't get hurt, it's very likely
0: we would not have seen you don't we'll know that. That, that, is here. that is
2: hearsay. That is hearsay. You we were really winning with Tannehill. I not You were winning with Tannehill.
0: I love I love
3: how you guys, it's it's you guys this week right now with that, and especially it's the quarterback situation. So I just I just love how you guys got that little rant in. Just Man, just to make perfect sense out of I think we're just suspects. arguing
2: the points that don't make sense because no, we don't know arguing. what the situation would have been. Tannehill didn't play. 10 games, okay? We don't know how bad he could have been if he didn't get hurt. If he was that bad a few more weeks after he initially got hurt, if he didn't get hurt, if he played bad for a few more weeks, maybe we would have pulled him and put in Yes, and we would have seen Malik. for for five minutes we would have saw Malik. You both just shut your pie holes for
3: one second. Let oh me get God. a word now. Listen, out of respect for everything in the NFL, and you should see this in all the, all the coaches with depth charts and everything like that, Ryan Tannehill QB1 in the beginning of the season. Malik will QB2 because he was there last year, so it's his given right to be the quarterback two going into training he's camp. His given Number right? Three, he's been in the league for <laughs> 10 minutes. Just listen. Has got, he's Put got the a right. Now for a second, please. Holy One shit. second, Malik Willis is quarterback two. Will Levis is quarterback three. They fight it out. Now Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. Okay, well, Will Levis got hurt in, in the in the uh, training camp, so there. Obviously, he's going to be quarterback three. Now if he's healthy and he's slinging it at practice, what we don't see, but the reporters see and the team sees it, and they go into that week and say, hey, we have to make a decision now uh, you know for the for the for the future of this team, it's either Will Levis or Malik Willis, and they're going to battle it out. They know, not us. So that's why I, my opinion, I think that's why Will is because he was a rookie, was listed as number three quarterback, but he beat out Malik Willis, theoretically, in the building, but not on paper. That's why he won the start.
0: that didn't that's- beat him out because no, Malik went in the game when 10 Hill got hurt.
3: Does it- Who knows? Was he still injured at that time? Don't act like it's not. Wait,
0: wait. We're also forgetting that after, wait, wait, wait. One sec. After the Atlanta game, in which uh, Levis had a historic performance, Vrabel went on the podium a a day later and said, We have to evaluate what's up with Tannehill.
2: Are we forgetting that, too? Are we forgetting that part, too? I Um, think that's partly partly coaching politics, okay? And that's you guys got answers you're... for every. You guys are bigger and problems. And so do it's you. So Would you have a fucking answer for everything? You're so full of Literally, fucking. Shit. It really I'm surprised <laughs> it ain't pouring out of your fucking so mouth. Screw it. We're going to yeah, go have with answers Twitter, for everything no, no, wait. Wait. You he don't left. got answers for everything? I'm full, full of shit. Full
0: I've been right about I'm a lot, Vin. i am not right about I'm a fucking lot.
2: I'm not saying you're full of shit about that. I'm saying, you're saying we have answers for everything. If you're saying you don't have an answer for I'm every fucking tonight. scenario, then you're full of shit. But because Vin, everything I've said is right, though. Everything I've is right. Everything Sal. If Sal, if it was up to you to fucking run the team, we would have five new staffs. Every year you give a coordinator, a coach, and a player three weeks at a time before you're calling for a fucking jobs. We would all been fired because they all suck. They all suck. Yeah, I know they all suck. Every one of these 32 coaches who have one of 32 jobs in the whole fucking world. No, no, no. Every suck. coordinator they players have suck. had suck. They all sucked. sucked. Arthur all Smith sucked. got
0: fired after one year. The uh, the guy at the Packers, all right, they're
2: halfway decent. Downing sucks. Tim Kelly sucks. Matt LaFleur, suck. Matt LaFleur sucks. He took a team with a quarterback who hasn't played at all to the playoff this year. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I love okay. this. I love you, this right now. You're That's acting not- like um, I asked for Derrick Henry to get fucking traded four years ago. That's what you guys are acting like. It's, it's I, I, No, 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 no. Sal, it goes both ways, buddy. It goes If you want to scream and yell your head off and say that we're full of shit, then no, you said that- you said that I've have i am so full of shit it's coming out of my ears. No, I said I didn't say no, anything no, about no, that Let with me you. Finish. Let me finish. You said you guys have an answer for everything, as if tonight, you don't. Tonight, as if, as if you don't, as if you don't have an answer for everything. I didn't say that you're not right about things. I didn't say you're full of shit in that regard. I said you're full of shit in the sense that if you think me and Jared have an answer for everything and you don't, that's a stone fucking lie, and you know it. I'm saying tonight. About everything that transpired, that I
0: said is very likely going to happen and should happen. You guys are making excuses about.
2: That's okay, all. Man, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I want. I I was on the record saying if he got fired, I'd be thankful for what he did, but it's time to move on. But I'm also. I also see the other side of things, and we'll find out who was right and who was wrong by the end of Will Levis's contract. Let's move on
1: now
3: from this, you know, this debacle that we got going on. Because we're buckling up right now because it's a very long off season already. Especially, what do you guys think is going to happen with this? Do you think it's going to hire, uh, hire? Mike, your echo
0: is all out of whack right now.
3: I don't think that's me. It's
0: me. I got my okay. headphones, so it ain't me.
3: But either way um who do you think that they're gonna go with a proven veteran head coach or you really think they're gonna go with a young innovative head coach
2: I think they go with the gift from uh Houston who has the ties to San Fran with Carthon Slowick. Slowick, I, I don't know his name hopefully if we hire him he makes his name uh memorable for us because I think we're gonna go with him or the offense coordinator from Detroit I think um Harbaugh is a shot in the dark. I think he comes back. I think it's to the Chargers or to the Raiders, though. Um, We'll see. I I think it's going to be a young, offensive-minded head coach. I said it before when we knew Will Levis was the answer. No matter what you have to do, you have to make sure you make every decision with him in mind because we finally found the guy. We can't fuck it up. So whether it's Ben Johnson or Slowick or whoever – we need to get it right because this kid's development will be stunted if if it's not the right guy. We said we all the way, but
3: Jake, who is an oddball, besides the names that we've had already, who is an oddball in, in, in our college, or college, or or college that this team, team would go after? Two
0: guys, two guys, and I'm going to get a lot of heat for it, but I don't care. At the end of the day, as, as much as an offensive-minded head coach, would be awesome. It really doesn't matter as long as the guy who is hired brings in an offensive coordinator that's creative. So, and if we lose him in the next couple of years because of it, oh well, but as long as the guy who's in charge brings in the right guy, uh, I think that's all that matters. So if I'm a head coach or if I'm an owner or GM, a couple guys I have in mind that have a lot of experience in a league, um, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at all these comments. These people are on fire today. i have called a lot of names already, but it's a lot of 50-50s. So that's cool. Um, it, one's going to be Rex Ryan. I, if we could ever get him out of retirement, I love the fire he has. Uh, obviously a defensive guy, but I think he's one of the better defensive minds. I think he's got a
2: cushy job. I don't think he's leaving.
0: Well, so he's already said if he ever got enough money that he would do it. Another guy is uh, Jim Schwartz. I'd give him another shot.
2: Uh, I give him another shot. What? No, go ahead, Jarrett. I said I don't. I, I don't hate that. I, I don't. I, like that. My, my dark horse is Dan Quinn, the defense coordinator for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. He was the head coach of the Falcons for a long time. Almost lost that. Super uh, won that Super Bowl. I would not be. Uh, I would be a little surprised, but he's a guy who has proven. He seems like he's a bit of a um, no nonsense guy as well. And like Amy said, don't bank on the fact that we're going on the offensive side, which I still think we will. But if what she says holds true, and they're going to give everyone a fair shake, Dan Quinn, um, in my opinion, deserves uh, an interview with any team that has a head coach opening. How about yeah. you, Jared? Let's flip it on. Who do you think? Who's your 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 dark horse guy? I know you brought up um, what's his name from Texas? I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Who, who's your dark horse that you think could uh? Come in here and um, you know take Honestly, over.
3: I was thinking earlier um, uh, this afternoon when I, I'm a drive home when I was listening to 104.5 The Zone. I said I, Jim I, Sh- nice, no. but the dark horse. If they yeah. want to go, ball fans would be. You got to try oh. to get a, yeah, can't really Steve, hear you, Jay. Steve Sharkeesian would be my dark horse. I'm sticking with it.
2: Interesting. Uh, I mean, I think with are... the success he had at Texas this year, I don't, I don't think he um hopefully he comes back in yeah we're him back in here i don't think he i don't think he's leaving texas right now well i'll say this
0: um i got goosebumps listening to amy adams strunk during that interview i really did um the things she was saying it was it was kind of eerie how much it echoed a lot of uh my beliefs are as far as what the owner and the brass of this organization should expect um She said flat out, point blank, you know, this year was unacceptable. And coming off the year prior, I don't think that's a controversial statement in any way. Um, And I personally don't think that uh, Mike Weber really wanted to be here. And I genuinely mean that. And I think that's why he told Levis, uh, you know, hold off about, you know, talking about the future. Because he's not going to be an asshole and tell Levis, hey man, at least in that respect, I don't think he would lie to Levis, like, yo, things are great. Meanwhile, you know, he knows he's had one foot out the door. So, um, you know, it, it, listen, uh, I, I'm I'm really happy that we're going to give Will Levis an opportunity because I think he's going to have not, not a say as per se, but I think they're going to kind of talk to him and kind of, you know, kind of get an idea of what he's looking for in a guy that's going to lead the team if he is the franchise guy, because that's important. You know, it really is. You look at, you look like D'Amico D- Ryan and CJ Stroud's the relationship, they look like they have, you know, um, uh, what's his name from Miami and Tua seem to have an excellent relationship. Um, you know, Shanahan and Purdy, these guys have to mesh. They really do. And if you're going to bring in a young offensive-minded coach, uh, it's important to have somebody with fire because I think Will Levis is going to respect that the most. So, I hope
2: those are things they look for when they when they do the interviewing process. Um, yeah, I mean, I said it. They have to make every move with him in mind. Every move. I mean, we we could if we can't agree agree on anything tonight, Sal. We need to agree on the fact that Will Levis is what you need to base every decision off of. Now, if him and the new head coach like the same fucking toilet paper, if that, I, I want their relationship, like you said, to be nothing short of. Phenomenal, and I want it to be visibly evident. Like you said, Vrabel and and Levis, who knows they might have butted heads. The insiders on the org, in the organization told us otherwise, but we shall see. That being said, we need to make sure we do right by this kid because if by the end of his rookie deal he's had two or three coaches, two or three coordinators, you could forget about it. I don't care how talented you are. You're not going to come back from that. You look at the most successful players who have played this game, there's continuity within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: uh, listen, you know, we have to at least admit this as fans, guys. Outside of the year we went to the AFC championship game, and I'll give you the year that we were the number one seed, our our offense was always like wishy-washy, and there was never any consistency to it. Um and in our defense, it, it was always something. There was always something wrong each year that held us back. Right, the year we went to the the the, the year we had Baltimore hosted Baltimore in the playoff game, the defense was ass all year. Ironically, they showed up in that game, but then our offense couldn't get going. Derrick Henry didn't have a great game. You know, obviously, you know that wasn't the year he came back from injury, but yeah, he just didn't have that great of a game. Then the next year after that was the the Bengals game, and then our offensive corner he just had a, a catastrophic performance. There's always something that holds us back. And at some point, you have to hold somebody accountable for the consistent mistakes that each year brings. And, you know, uh, it looks like Amy finally had enough of that inconsistency on all on all sides of the football. And, um, you know, I have a lot of trust in Rand Carthon. I genuinely do. I got to be honest with you. I didn't really love – I didn't love the press conference he gave Um, I thought he was like, I I, I didn't understand why he was so like, he didn't want to give out what the vision is. Like the vision is to win a championship. That's what I would have said. He he wants Um, to
3: probably say, uh, the vision of (laughs) who they're in search for, whether it be an offensive minded, a defensive minded, which is respectful because whoever they hire, they don't, they, they know their vision. They're not going to say it. It's like, it's basically given the answer for an interview. And I'm sorry guys that I got pulled out of this. It is pouring. Where I'm at right now, and uh, I'm, I'm losing connection. And like I said, I'm on call at work, and the weather is crazy up here in the Northeast.
0: Yeah, no, nah, it's it's bad up here too. That's why I'm uh can't <laughs> can't even get out. It's flooding outside I'm on my street right now. But yeah. it's exciting, guys. It, it's it's time we got to get a guy before the combine. I think that's obviously oh, absolutely uh, yeah, well absolutely
3: well before.
2: I think we'll have a head coach sooner than you guys yeah. – not you guys, but I think we'll have a head coach sooner than most people think. Yeah. I think I, they I, made this move with somebody in mind. Absolutely. You know what I mean? absolutely. Yeah, and Grant he, said
3: he has his list, and he's not going to be biased, and, and Amy's going to have her list, and I'm sure um, the other guys are going to have their list as well, so we'll see what happens.
0: And just as important as having an offensive-minded coach is going to be, it's going it, to – we need a coach that can – develop offensive players like Mm -hmm. like guys like we're forgetting the fact that Chigakonkwo took a giant step back this year we're forgetting the fact that Traylon Burks is a shell of what we expect him to be in year three you know we're forgetting the fact that up until Will Levis we never really had consistent play at the quarterback position and we could never get over the hump of not having a great offensive line these are things that we need our head coach to have moving forward we need to have a head coach that can not only draft well and, and mesh well with Carthon to bring in great players but develop players man you got to develop players as a head coach and this guy just has not developed enough players and you know for some for people that say he's done so many great things as as a head coach outside of taking us to the playoffs not mm-hmm. to mention during a time when our division was really poor Another thing nobody wants to talk about, how shit our division was those times. We did make those runs and did win those divisions. But that's besides the point. Uh, it's over with now. And uh, that's it. Nobody's screaming, Stinky. I know you're really upset, my friend. I'm sorry that, you know, I'm maybe sorry. you're... Get
3: I want to read, read to my point before now. Um, the Jeffrey Simmons tweet, you guys could take it any way you want. The fans could take it any way you want. He said, in my opinion in regards to variable. I think he's a great head coach. Unfortunately, didn't have the offensive staff to support his journey. Giving guys, friends, opportunities in quotes doesn't always pan out the way you hope for exclamation mark. I think, oh, there you go. I thought I was losing. I thought I was losing it again. I'm like, what the hell's going on?
1: Yeah. I think
3: if he had a better offensive staff, we wouldn't be here. So hearing that from a true leader, from, from our team, um What's your take on that, guys? I mean, because obviously the offense was the main problem with the offensive line. The defense, like I said uh, on Sunday, uh, Shane Bowen and-, and Mike Vrabel put a-, a hell of a defense together, best Reds on defense in the league at uh, at times. So uh, can't put the blame all on um, Shane Bowen, but the offensive staff was absolutely terrible. Besides Charles London, I would like for him to stay, though.
2: I think he's right in the sense that Vrabel is a, a good head coach. I don't think there's any doubt that he – is you know anything less than a, a good head coach? If he's is he great? That's yet to be seen. If he wins one, sure, uh, I think he's a good head coach. I think in a right situation, a team like um, let's say like a Philadelphia, if they let go of Sirianni, okay, and they need they have a team that's ready to win, and they need a guy who's a no nonsense, old school guy that the locker room will respect. I think Vrabel is is a, a good coach for a situation like that. To Sal's point, I don't know if he is the one to to rebuild a team that is young, that needs to develop players. I don't think Vrabel has the patience for that, which is why I think you saw him show frustration visibly in interviews, in post-game press conferences um, this year. And I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself because, you know, I'm saying now I understand why he's gone But to play devil's advocate, I understand that I think he could be a good coach in a right situation. And our situation just isn't that one for him right now. Okay. If if he would have stayed and got another year with Carthon to see if he can build this roster with the cap space, with the draft capital, I would have been okay with it and would have, you know, bought into it. That being said, that's not the case. We got to move on and move forward. But Vrabel made some decision. Maybe maybe his decision should just be to coach the team, not hire um, you know, coordinators and whatnot and position coaches. Maybe you leave that to the owner and the GM, where I feel like Vrabel had a little bit more power and brought in guys of his own, whereas I feel like the way Amy talked today, she sounded a little more adamant, I think, than usual, where now she's saying, I'm the captain now. I'm going to call the shots, who the head coach is, who the GM is, And who and everything the GM wants to do, he's going to sign off with me first.
3: Well, she really didn't say that in her statement. She said she's gonna she's gonna let us know the fans. Yeah, she's gonna let us know. We all be waiting for who who's gonna be the one that's making the
0: shots. I mean, it sounds to me like Mike Vrabel will be a great fit for a team that doesn't need their coach to have any responsibilities. That's really what it sounds like to me, you know, because he doesn't call offensive plays, doesn't call defensive plays, can't develop anyone, uh, but. You know, if there's a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl right now and has all the pieces together, then you can be a great coach. Well, I think that could be the case for a lot of people that might not even be in the league right now. If all the pieces are in place, yeah, of course, you're going to have a great opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Um, he he had a great opportunity, he had a great window, and he did not have the right pieces in place. And unfortunately, uh, it appears that he had responsibilities. And whether he wanted them or not, he had them and he failed at them, bringing in the right staff. To get the best out of these players and make the best decisions at play calling, and that's just the bottom line. Uh, that's just the way it is. You know, there, you can't, you can't, you can't argue with the fact that uh, inconsistency, as you always say, Vin. The only team is the only thing this team is good at is being inconsistent, or, or, or yeah, however you word it. The only thing
2: we're consistent yeah. at is being inconsistent.
0: Well, but, if but I'm you- sure. If that's if That's, that's the case, story of our
2: franchise, though, as a whole. Been, sure. But, again, if that's still the case
0: right now, I don't understand how you can't put the coach at fault for the fact that nothing can ever go right. Because I, I no, keep I'll bringing listen, this point up.
2: And I can point to the year where we had the one seed, where we only had Henry for really? seven games, and he kept that team together and coaches to a one seed with Ryan Tannehill, who we know is no better than a glorified game manager. Um, Outside of A.J. Brown, there wasn't much talent. On that offense, after Henry got hurt, I know we made it look good with Foreman and Hilliard and whatnot. But you know, I, I think a situation like that, we we can't fail to re- if we want to recognize all his faults. We have to recognize the fact that he led a team that was extremely undermanned to a one seed in the playoffs. Um, I know things didn't go that way, but if we want to point out his, his weaknesses and you know his failures, we have to point out his strong points and his his successes as well. To be fair to him. Um, is he- that being said, let's throw some some comments up there and see what, what people have to say. We'll, we'll do it for about 10 more minutes. Uh, why does Taylor Luan's opinion matter in the first place? Anyone who is against this clearly hasn't been paying attention this season. I think Taylor Luan loved being a Tennessee Titan. He didn't want to sign anywhere else. He's still in um, the NFL realm, he always reps the Titans. I think he's somewhat of a liaison between the media and the Titans organization. Um, not to say we all value his opinion, but he's a player who was a all-pro pro, pro bowler here for a while. He's a Titan through and through, never played anywhere else, and he's still in the NFL realm, has one of the best and biggest podcasts in the world right now. So that's why I think people value his opinion and he is a go-to. Voice when it comes to anything happening within the Titans organization,
3: and and another thing is like how how don't we value opinion of a of a player that is sitting in me I played for him as a head coach and a motivator. Us three don't mean nothing. The other podcasts, like I said on, on here, don't mean nothing. ESPN, NFL, all those guys don't mean nothing. It's the people, the fifty three guys in that locker room that know that get taught these things every every week every day so yeah i'm gonna have a little trust in those guys that have that that's been in those locker rooms besides our our opinions and everybody else's opinions on it so whether you like it or not hate vrabel or not vrabel could have been a great guy he just it may have been a shitty situation with the roster the injuries like rand said who knows we'll never find out maybe maybe uh Michael come out one of these days and say listen you know, he didn't want to leave, obviously. It's just a, a turn of the new page of the franchise. Uh, yeah. But well, I'm, going respect, well,
0: I'm going to respect Taylor Wan's opinion. Yeah, you could respect Taylor Wan's opinion, absolutely. And I respect Taylor Wan's opinion, too. But the bottom line is losing is losing, guys. Of course. Of and course we, and we are losing 21 games in two years, all right? I mean, of course, if guys have respect for their head coach, the guy that was their head coach for 90% of their career, yeah, of course. That would be like somebody saying to me, Yeah, Marcus Mariota, you know, never, never or always had the potential to be a superstar or never had the potential to be a superstar quarterback. The reality of it, he probably never, never did have the potential to be a superstar quarterback, but he's my fucking guy and he's always going to be my guy. And that'd be like somebody telling me a Marcus Mariota. He's fucking sucks. He's not that good. And I'm going to tell him, no, no, you know, he did this, you know, don't forget that, 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 that Philadelphia game to Corey Davis and overtime." You know, like he had some, I still
2: believe if he didn't get hurt in his second year, he could have been something. I don't think he was the same after that.
0: And there's and that that kind of comment is exactly like the comments we're hearing about Mike Vrabel. You know, what could have been, what should have been this, that, and other thing. The last thing I'm gonna say about it, guys, and we're gonna we'll wrap it up. Like, we have to understand, okay, what we just witnessed on Sunday. Okay, this team against a team that had to win to win the division, we manhandled them from the opening whistle until the final whistle. That team was motivated for Derrick Henry, clearly. And they had the talent and they had the playbook, apparently, to win a football game against a very good team. Not a great team, but a very good team. That's all I needed to see, to know that this locker room is not as a hoorah for Mike Vrabel, as you might think, because we didn't see that kind of play from both sides of the football, arguably all year, maybe here and there. I'll give you maybe the Bengal game, maybe, but that kind of effort tackling pushing dudes over the first down marker. We did not see that shit for the majority of the season. So why is it happening now? All of a sudden, when all we do is complain about the roster and why Mike Vrabel hasn't had success, health, depth, But yesterday, but Sunday, all kinds of dudes were making plays. All kinds of dudes. Sean Murphy bunting like a top fucking corner. You know, we had Molden making big tackles, Arden Key flying all over the place. They were doing it for Henry, clearly. Clearly. But why weren't they doing it for their head coach throughout the other 16 weeks? I, I, that's just my opinion. Well, I don't, I don't about, not to get off
2: topic about that, but the players that we that you just named who we think might come back next year. But before we go, uh let's throw up another comment or so, get the you know, the viewers a little more involved. What uh, from Dylan Grizzle Grizzle, what are your thoughts on Amy Adam Strunk and her role as an owner and her PR execution in this decision? Go for it. Whoever. In,
3: in in general, yeah, I mean you gotta love it and respect it. She hears the fans. I mean, theoretically, if fans are selling their PSLs um for the new stadium or or they're not getting asses in the seats, and clearly the uh, the fan face is upset, um she's gonna she's gonna make the move. I mean, no one no one's bigger than this franchise. So, I mean, let, let's just get that straight. I mean, if she if she feels like something needs to happen. I'm all I'm all with her decision. Uh, I mean, and and there's people on Twitter that are just ridiculous to saying like, oh, a woman making a decision is ridiculous. She has brought more things to this franchise since she's came, you know, from her her cousins or from her father and everything else. She's put a new practice facility, um, St. Thomas Sports Park. Everything is brand new. She's given us a new brand new stadium. I mean, things are bright with her. So I'm, I'm trusting her full, full force with every decision she makes from this point on.
2: Yeah, yeah no I mean, case I case mean, I think she's
0: Huh? Good. good, good,
2: good. I think uh, no, I think she showed in her uh, press conference today, She seemed pretty adamant about what she wants his franchise to do going forward. And um, listen, she uh, until she took over, we were in a you know a merry-go-round of just shitty decision after shitty decision after shitty decision. You know, she she hired John Robinson and Malarkey. We went to the playoffs, and she hired Rabel. You know, we did even better after that. Um, so until she has really taken over, we were kind of irrelevant for a long time. So thankful for her with that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what what, uh, what it looks like going forward. But, you know, I, I thought she sounded respectful to Rabel, but you could also tell that she uh, isn't dealing with any bullshit, at least anymore going forward. Because I feel like if she really felt this way sometimes, I felt like, you know, she might have gotten rid of um, – Todd Downing after his first year. And we'll never say, well, that was Rabel's decision. Well, you know, she right, she cuts the checks and signs them. So I believe that if she wanted him gone, she would have had him gone. So um, I hope this no-nonsense shit is, is something that's here to stay because I don't think she's always been that way. Um, but I, I, I liked what, I, what she said today. She was respectful to Rabel, yet you can tell she means business going forward.
3: Well, isn't this her third GM now and her second head coach?
2: Right. Uh, no, no. It's her No, it's her. Uh, third. It. She hired Malarkey Vrabel. This will be her third head coach. She hired John Robinson as her yeah. first move, and then Rand Carthon is the second head. So
0: coach. three she head coaches have, and two GMs. What about, what, what yeah. about Wizard Hunt? She had no hand in Wizard Hunt? Nah, she
2: didn't have nah. controlling ownership of the team then.
0: No. Nah. Uh, well, listen. The last thing and another thing we really didn't bring up, and it's important. Obviously, we've been saying about having offensive mind head coach is important. Um, But beyond that, and even even more detailed on that, we cannot be a just nonstop run-first offense 24-7, 365 like we've been for really two decades now. We need to evolve with the rest of the National Football League. Now, I know that there are teams that are elite that rely heavily on the run. Of course they do, but they're creative about it, okay? And it's not all about the power run. It's about the misdirection. It's about getting defenses confused, utilizing the run to set up the pass, and vice versa. We've never seemed to do that. Not nearly enough. You know, we had one of the greatest running backs of all time, and we simply just used him as the greatest running back of all time. I mean, we did play play action, but never enough. Maybe one year we used it a, a fair bunch. Um, and we just need to, to distance ourselves from the smash and dash era of Titan football, which has been basically the whole time. All the way back to Steve McNair, who, what, uh, would throw for 27, 2,800 yards a year. All right? And we dealt with it the whole way through. Tannehill, we thought, was so great because he threw for 3,200 yards, 3,400 yards. When that's been going on in, in other franchises, you know, for the last 50 years. So, you know, that that's what we need to get out of. We need to be flash. We need to start being flash. We started to get there with AJ, and obviously we know how that finished. Um, but uh, we got to get the ball rolling. And this was the first domino. Uh, and I haven't, th- this is going to be the most exciting off season of my 30 years on this planet. And I think you both would agree. That's the case as well. So
2: it's the most important off season. That's for sure. Yeah. It's a sexy, it's a
3: thing. We're, we're within the top 10. we got a top seven pick. Uh, we have about 75 to $85 million in draft capital. I mean, is it the, the, the guys the that scares me, man, it is, with this new young head coach, and and they're talking about bringing in great staff members now. How do you, as a young coach, how do you build a a great staff? How are you going to have like a Ron Rivera maybe come as a defensive coordinator? How are you going to have that trust? I mean, I mean, the league circles are, are are far and wide. I mean, we don't know these things. I'm very excited, very curious to see how this head coach brings in an entire staff because. Well, I mean, we're gonna great great coaches to coach these guys.
0: We're gonna assume that whoever we bring in, if he's offensive mind, he's gonna be calling the offense. So we got that under control right away. I think there's a fair chance that Shane Bowen sticks around because, like I said, our last show, does he leave some to be desired? Yes, but overall, all things considering, uh, especially with the fact that our offense never stayed on the field. Uh, I think he still has the right to keep his job at the moment. Would I be mad if he got let go? Of course not, because situ- situationally we were terrible. Um, but, I mean, you know, I don't think there's going to be too many initial pieces that we're going to have to bring in if we get a really great offensive line head coach, because that has been, in my opinion, the biggest issue over the past five to ten years is, um, you know, we, we're we're too one-dimensional, always too one-dimensional. And as long as we can get, you know, more than one dimensions on our offense, our defense has always figured a way out to be competent enough uh, to to bring us success when we need to depend on them. So, you know, that that's going to be really what it boils down to. And, and time will tell. You know, it There's will
3: one thing I want more than anything, I don't care what anybody says, I want a veteran, a veteran. Badass offensive line coach to help these young guys develop. That's I would give like
2: Munchak,
3: Munchak, of course, to come back. But, like, listen, we don't know we don't know a lot of these coaches in the NFL, you know, for offensive line besides Munchak. So, I want a badass guy to come in here and coach these young guys, especially if we have another top seven pick for a tackle, you know, to come in and develop these guys to make a cohesive unit to build around Will Levis.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, uh, I'm i very curious and anxious and excited to uh, see how it all transpires with, with not only the head coach but the staff under it as well. Everybody, I want to see a whole new fucking coach – I mean, a uh, training staff, the way this team has gotten injured the last three years. You know, I want – a new chef, I want a new equipment scouting manager. department,
3: like, like, like LeVarant said in his press conference, he gave these scouts a benefit of the doubt. He came in here, he didn't want a clean house and bring all of his guys in and everything like that. Now this offseason, it's going to be a, a possible complete turnaround with the whole scouting department keeping guys, not keeping guys, bringing guys in, fresh minds for the for this team to to move forward. Because like I said, and you guys have been saying it the whole time, this is the offseason to hit and possibly not even retool or or, or um. Uh, what, what's the word? Not retool. Um, uh, you guys what are not going to say anything now? I don't know. You rebuild. My bad. Yeah. Not, it's not going to be a complete rebuild because like like Vin's been saying, it Cincinnati's turned it around. Houston's turned it around. This year is one of the division. He, they, they won six games last year, whatever it was, two games. And, and now look where they are. We can really get this right. So that's why I'm
0: really hoping for. Of course, we have the most important position in place. When you have the most important position in place, like Joe Burrow said, as long as I'm the quarterback, we're always in the hunt. And that's how it's supposed to be. And it could not be that way with the previous staff. Unfortunately, we saw it firsthand. Obviously, the offensive line had a major, major reasoning as to why that's the case. But we all know the coordination was not up to par uh, with where we need to be offensively if we want to take the next step. And we and I'm, full, I'm in full belief that it's going to come and it's going to happen. So... Uh, let's wrap up. It's been a hell of a fucking show. Appreciate the hundred plus you guys that have been watching. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. We're on every week at minimum one. So throughout the offseason, as things transpire, we'll definitely be up to, to, to uh
2: all the news. God, Draft, kings. Draft Kings, DraftKings. We can't Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I knew all that. I wasn't I wasn't dipping out yet. Um, we might be we... able to get some odds on our next Tennessee Titans head coach. That could be a good a good prop bet. You know, I think, the,
3: one, uh, I, think well, I think I saw something like that. MGM or something has Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator from um, the Ravens, as our as the favorite to get the head coach.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I don't I, know. And you know, who another dark horse he got released, or is the Giants are moving on from? And Wink Martindale yeah, Talk about a defense. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about maybe for a coordinating position. I don't like it. I don't like his hair. He was he was great in Baltimore all those years. He was solid with the Giants. I think he has. You know, his eyes set on maybe a head coaching job, but we shall see. But with that being said, right, wrong, or indifferent, thank you guys for showing up tonight and showing us Absolutely. support. You got to see me and Sal go at it. Um, the way my parents used to fight, and it was very beautiful. Brought back it some great stuff. It was different than me. Thank God. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I like you guys going after it I right, tried to give you the night off, you know. Brought back some childhood memories. Yeah. screaming screaming at somebody um, up, baby. it's gonna be a long off season yeah, Man, yeah. that's um, it listen with that being said draft king sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the nfl playoffs and it's bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying new customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets I'll do this part as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook (laughs) app and use the code SICKSPORTS and new customers can bet just 5 bucks to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SICKSPORTS. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem like I do sometimes during the NFL season, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Bet with your head. Don't bet over it. Sorry, I usually do the fucking opener, so I got all thrown off once you started it.
0: I didn't know. I'll throw you off, off with off.
2: one more thing tonight.
0: Okay, Same, yeah. No, I'm not done yet. Don't you freaking dare, Sam. Don't do it. <laughs> do it. No, don't <laughs> push do the damn button. <laughs> I got one more. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Again, everyone who joined in, the 100 plus here, thanks for joining. In. If you agree with me, I love you. If you don't agree with me and you call me names, you guys can bite my ass. Now, Sammy, you can send me out. Let's go. Sammy, you're a broad wife.
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Talking Titans on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.